This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. All right, well, if you have your Bible, I hope you do. And uh, if you turn, please, to our 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 area where we're going to be looking tonight, Genesis 49, verse 18, Genesis 49, verse 18, and uh, hats off to those summer blitzers out there um, going and bringing the gospel to, to, uh, to it, it, they're, they're in, a, they're in a, a dry and thirsty land, and they're, they're bringing the gospel to people who are very dry and thirsty. But there, but thank God you look at the pictures of them. You know, we got the little, we got the pictures of them over there, and and you know, you think pick that up, and you're expecting to see some, you know, <laughs> wrestling champs or something like that. <laughs> they're little lambs, you know. They're walking out in the midst of wolves and lions there, and they and they're they're young kids. But isn't that what God says? God says that looks to me like Gideon's three hundred. Perfect. He says that's who I'll use. So let's pray, continue to pray and hold them up that God would do great and mighty things, breaking down strongholds of the devil, strongholds of de- de- deceit and, and uh, bondage. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, that you are a man of war. And Lord, the devil has declared war on you, and you said, I'm up for it. And so, Lord, we thank you that you have sent forth these, these uh, meek, servants of yours, but yet mighty in spirit and doing great things for the kingdom. And so, Lord, do strengthen them. Lord, we're back home. We're holding the ropes, and we're praying, Lord, that you would supply their every need, their need for strength, their need for healing, their need for for their ankles, Lord, for their endurance, for their tolerance, for their spiritual exhaustion. Would you now, Lord, we pray, refresh them with your presence. Lord, as they, are, as they are, are drawn back in the evenings from the battle and as they go forth the next day, may they know the Lord is their strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Genesis 49, verse 18. The verse is very simple. 
The verse just simply says, I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord, and it's everything that's behind that verse that is so important. It's a remarkable statement by Jacob in the middle of a remarkable time in Jacob's life. The condition when he made this statement is given to us in the first verse of this chapter, chapter 48, 48 verse one, 48 verse one. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, behold, thy father is sick. So Joseph, who is the ruler of Egypt, he's busy caring for all the people in the country that God has made him responsible for, Egypt. He's just been told that his father is sick. He knows what that means. Joseph knows what that means. Jacob's life has been really, really hard. It has taken a huge toll on Jacob, so much so that when Pharaoh saw Jacob for the very first time, please turn to this, one chapter over, Genesis 47, verse seven, Genesis 47, verse seven, Pharaoh now is meeting Joseph, Jacob, for the first time, and we read in Genesis 47, seven, and Joseph brought in Jacob, his father, and set him before Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said unto Jacob, how old art thou? (laughs) Joseph has brought his father Jacob in to meet Pharaoh, who's been used by God to promote Joseph to the position of ruler in, in over all of Egypt. I mean, this is a scene here where Joseph is saying to Jacob, Dad, I want you to meet Pharaoh, who God used to make me ruler and to save our lives and the lives of all the Egyptians. And so Joseph then brings Jacob in to meet Pharaoh, and Pharaoh is saying something like, I'm happy, or rather Joseph is saying to, 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 to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, I'm so happy to present to you my father. And as soon as Pharaoh sees Jacob, he's in shock. And he has one question, exactly how old are you? (laughs) It says, what Pharaoh is really saying to Jacob is, what on earth happened to you? You look so old. (laughs) And Pharaoh asked Jacob how old he was. It was just clear to Pharaoh that Jacob was on his last legs. And he looked so terrible. And he looked like he couldn't live much longer. So Pharaoh is asking him, you know, what happened? And Pharaoh re- and Jacob replies to Pharaoh. He replies to him in verse nine, Genesis 47 to verse nine, 47, nine. Jacob said unto Pharaoh, the days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days, uh, have the days of the years of my life been and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. What Jacob is saying here is Jacob is saying, Pharaoh, I'm 130 years old, and I know I look like I'm 230 years old. (laughs) So let me explain to you what happened to me to make me look so worn out and ancient. First of all, Pharaoh, my life, has been years of a long, hard pilgrimage. And let me explain about the life of my pilgrimage. They have been 
what I call the days of the years of my pilgrimage. And those days have been few and evil. I say the days of the years of my pilgrimage, and I say few and evil have been the days of my life they've been, because each day of my life has been a great struggle where I've asked myself, how am I ever gonna make it through this day? But I did. And I made it through this day and that day and the next day, and I was able to face another day and ask myself the same question all over again. How am I gonna make it through this day and the next day and the next day till finally I got through these few and evil days that have added up to 130 years of those days. And Joseph said that his fathers lived longer than him because, as a matter of fact, Abraham lived to 175 years old and, and when he died, and Isaac was the longest. He lived to 180 years old when he died. And Jacob, by the way, is going to actually not die there in front of Pharaoh like Pharaoh thought he was, but he's, he's actually gonna go on for another 17 years. So Jacob is gonna die at the age of 147. But Jacob looked to Pharaoh like he could die right there, and he's amazed. But then Jacob used one word to explain what his life was all about and what the life of Abraham and Isaac had been all about, and it's the word pilgrimage. Pilgrimage. Jacob was telling Joseph that his life, the life of his fathers, Abraham and Isaac, could have been a whole lot easier and not taken such a heavy toll. And Jacob is telling Pharaoh that it was not that he and his, his fathers were not wealthy, they were wealthy, but that they, and, and that it wasn't as though they couldn't have made themselves very comfortable for themselves with great houses and lands had they just settled down into one place and said, here it is, it's gonna be home sweet home. But that was not the case at all, not the case at all for he and his fathers because they lived at pilgrim, as pilgrims. They were constantly on the move from one place to another place. As a matter of fact, with each new place that they moved to, Jacob and his father Isaac followed their search that their grandfather, that his grandfather, Jacob's grandfather, Abraham started when it says how Abraham was constantly on the search for a city, a special city. And he saw cities there, but he was never satisfied with them because he was always looking. And it says that in Hebrews 11.8, in Hebrews 11.8. Hebrews 11.8 says, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go unto a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went, by faith. He sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. So Jacob is explained to Pharaoh that he and his father and his grandfather all knew what they were looking for. It was for a city that had real foundations, because the builder and the maker was God. And each of them, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, were promised the land of Canaan. But the land of Canaan was full of the cities of the Canaanites. And those cities were like the cities of Sodom 
and Gomorrah, which were cities of sin. So for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, those cities were just strange to them. Not comfortable, not familiar, not something they could be a part of, not something that they could ever settle down in and say, this is my home, this is my city. So they kept moving on, and they kept living in tents, and they kept looking for this city that God made where sin was abhorred, where righteousness was loved and exalted, and they never found it. They never found that city on earth, so they lived as pilgrims in search of that city. And after and had done that, then really, it's like the song, you know. It's like, I thirsted in the barren land of sin and shame. Just We just sung this. And nothing satisfying there I found. They, realized, they finally realized that the city that they spent their life looking for on earth, that they were looking for, was not gonna be found on earth. And, and God did not wanna disappoint them. So we read what God did for them in, in Hebrews eleven sixteen. In Hebrews eleven sixteen, it says, but now they desire a better country that is in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city, a city. God made for them a city, not on earth, in heaven, where they finally would be satisfied. It's called the city of God the city of God, which the apostle John saw in the book of Revelation, and he described that city to us in the second to last chapter of the Bible, of the book of Revelation, in Revelation 21, with words like this, Revelation 21.2, Revelation 21.2, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. But Jacob had not reached that holy city in heaven, and at this point, he just looked terrible as a pilgrim in a sinful world. And Jacob was standing there before Pharaoh, telling Pharaoh that he is a pilgrim. And when he does that, when Jacob does that, we just say, I'm gonna get right behind Jacob. He's my model. He's my example. That's who I wanna be like. That's what I wanna live my life like so unsatisfied as he was, as we are, and so troubled by the sinful world that we live in, that we join Jacob, not in a compromise, but in a pilgrimage of looking for that city that God built. And though we don't live in a tent, in our hearts we're living in a tent because that tent expresses dissatisfaction with this world, refusal to settle down, refusal to call this world our home, just like the hymn says, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. So when we see Jacob telling Pharaoh that he's a pilgrim, we respond with, and so am I, and so am I. I'm a pilgrim, just like Jacob, just like our calling. Our calling is in 1 Peter 2.11. 1 Peter 2.11 says, dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. We say about ourselves, we're just like Jacob. I'm a stranger, I'm a pilgrim on earth. Now, we can imagine, we can imagine how Pharaoh must have thought, poor guy, what a loser. What, what a life of misery, Pharaoh was thinking. And just as Pharaoh was thinking that, 
Jacob does something absolutely astounding in this next verse of Genesis 47.10, Genesis 47.10, where it says, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. (laughs) Jacob blessed Pharaoh. What? (laughs) Did we read that right? (laughs) Jacob blessed Pharaoh? How could Jacob bless Pharaoh? Because it explains to us in Hebrews 7.7, Hebrews 7.7 says, without all contradiction, the less is blessed by the better. So this verse is telling us that the one who blesses is better or greater than the one who's blessed. So here we have Jacob. He's blessing Pharaoh, which means that Pharaoh is less than Jacob. Jacob is greater than Pharaoh. And so when Jacob blesses Pharaoh, what statement is Jacob making to Pharaoh? By blessing Pharaoh, Jacob was telling Pharaoh, (laughs) that Pharaoh should should not feel sorry for Jacob because as a poor pilgrim on his way to the holy city in heaven because Jacob was a priest of God and he was greater than Pharaoh. And so Jacob blesses Pharaoh. What a scene that is for us of Jacob looking like like he's beaten up, standing there over Pharaoh when we can imagine the robes and the regalia of Pharaoh And he takes the higher position and blesses Pharaoh because Jacob realizes Pharaoh might be Pharaoh of Egypt, but Jacob is a priest of God. As it says, and also in 1 Peter 2.9, 1 Peter 2.9 again, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a kingly priesthood, a royal priesthood, holy nation, peculiar people, you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So Jacob realizes that, yes, I'm in bad physical condition. I know that. And he also, but he also saw Pharaoh needs God. Pharaoh needs God. And so Jacob forgets about himself and he blesses Pharaoh. Now, here again, Jacob becomes our model. He's our model in this because we should he remind, we should be like him. When I when I read this about Jacob and how bad his condition he was. I can't help but remember this man, this man. When I think about him, I think, was he an angel or a man? I don't know. He looked like a man. A man I met in the lobby of the radiation department at UCSD Morris Cancer Center. We were were all there for one reason, radiation. I was there along with the other patients waiting to receive my radiation for cancer as they were waiting to receive their radiation for cancer. And we were all in different different shapes of not so good. And there was this man. I remember him. I can see him in my mind now. Now, his name was Mr. Nash, Mr. Nash. And what I remember so clearly was the cancer on his face, on the right side of his face, that that the cancer along with the radiation had just destroyed the whole right half of his face. It was gone. And he wore this thick white bandage over the half of his face. And they were trying desperately to arrest that cancer that was so aggressive and was so much ready to move into his, his, the soft tissue of his neck and salivary glands and so forth. And so I talked with him, and he told, he told us, we talked with him, he told us how he had lost his wife to cancer, and he was alone there in the waiting room, waiting to get another dose of radiation 
destroying radiation on his face. He had driven himself to the radiation unit. He would drive himself back home. So there was a man who should have been devastated and consumed in his own troubles and his own woes and worried about what's going to happen to me. I'm all alone now in my future. And what was he doing? Kind of like Jacob. And what was he doing with what's probably his last days on earth? You know what he was doing? He was walking around to each patient, each patient in that room, waiting room there, waiting to receive radiation. And there's nothing like how cancer patients can feel. And if you've been a cancer patient with a terminal cancer, you know what I mean. But they're all there waiting for their radiation. Without saying a word, Mr. Nash just went. And he went from one person to there and gently placed a gospel track next to each patient. That was unbelievable. Just like Jacob, this man knew that as terrible a condition as he was in, he knew he was a priest of God and that there were people there who needed God. And his cancer, their cancer might not have been as advanced as his cancer, but he knew he had God, they needed God, and he was not going to sit still. And he was focused on bringing them God. Face or no face, cancer or no cancer, Mr. Nash was giving his life to bringing the gospel to lost people. That's Jacob. That's Jacob. Beat up or not beat up, ready to die or not ready to die. By blessing Pharaoh, Jacob was bringing God to Pharaoh. Jacob, you know, Jacob could have said, Jacob could have said, yes, Pharaoh, you know, you're, um, you're right. I'm not as fortunate as you are, and if you don't mind, I really do need a rest right now, and I'll just retire to my wheelchair and my bed because I'm weak and I need my rest. But just like Mr. Nash, who clearly was the worst off patient in that whole room in that radiation lobby there that day, he could have said to all the patients, look, I don't know what cancer problems you have, but, but just look at me. Cancer has taken off half of my face. It's taken, off, taken away my wife. It's now growing to take over my body. And so whatever problems you have, mine are worse. So if you don't mind, I'll just sit here in this corner of the radiation lobby and try to comfort myself as best I can with my remaining days on earth. That was not Mr. Nash. It wasn't him. What he chose to do with his remaining days to be, to be consumed with the plight of the other person with the plight of the lost all around him, dying without God. And he determined to bring the gospel to the lost. Mr. Nash forgot about himself and only thought of how horrible it was for the lost around him to die in their sins without God's salvation gift and to be cast into a hell of eternal suffering and anguish. So Mr. Nash decided to use his remaining strength to bring the gospel to them, to the lost. And so that's what Jacob was doing with his last days on earth as well. He knew how terrible was his condition. Jacob knew that. He knew that his days were not long on earth. He knew that, just like Mr. Nash. And Jacob looked at Pharaoh and said in himself, he said, this man needs God. This man needs God, and I'm going to rise up out of my condition to my high calling of being a royal priest, and I'm gonna, going to bless Pharaoh. And that's what he did. That's Jacob. He's our example of what we should do. He's our example of what we should do when we're in the hospital or in a bed of sickness. We should see our hospital stays as being sent there by God as a royal priest into the hospital to reach lost people with the gospel. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.